What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the program once again. If this is your first time listening to the show, thanks for checking it out. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And if you want to help support the podcast in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes and uh, giving the podcast five stars, writing a review, and uh, doing all those things will propel the podcast into the tops of those iTunes charts, which uh, just gives the uh, gives the podcast a little more visibility on uh, both the national and international levels and, and just help strangers find the podcast. So if you have a few minutes, would really appreciate it. Can't stress the importance of it enough. It really uh, is a free way to contribute to the sustainability of this thing. And uh, it will help more people find the artists that come on the on the show as well and get them some more exposure. So it's a, it's a good thing all around. I appreciate the hell out of the folks that have already taken the time to do it, taking that next step in uh, supporting this thing and um, showing love, showing love. Much appreciated. And uh, you can also check out the Dan Cable Presents YouTube channel, which features a bunch of in-studio performances as well as some uh, live show performances and, and things of that nature. Tons of videos up there, a bunch of different genres of music. So check that out and uh, click subscribe there. Some, uh, some new videos. Just hit the feed. All three of the Strange Hotels videos are now available, and those came out really dope. Really stoked on those. So those are on the uh, the Dan Cable Presents YouTube channel. Thanks to Forrest Brennan and Mountaineer Mike for uh, working on all the uh, the audio and, and visual production on those. They came out really, really killer. And uh, stoked for, for people to get some eyes on those. So, so visit the old YouTube channel and click subscribe there. And then you will know when fresh videos hit the feed. But... Uh, we got episode 171 is coming at you. The Rad Trads are on the show. Really fun hang with these dudes from Brooklyn, New York, uh, where this band formed. And uh, I got to hang out with them while they were touring through Portland here just a few days ago. And uh, we had a little chat at the Doug Fur in the green room after their sound check. And um, just a really, really nice group of dudes. And they are all unreal musicians. Saw the show that night after we uh, had the chat. And uh, just just very blown away by this band. I had seen some videos of live performances. But, uh, you know, we kind of talk about it a little bit in the episode. That there's... Uh, you know, you can you can get a grasp a little bit for what this band does on the on the records and, and whatnot, but seeing it live and, and seeing it how it all comes together and all the different things going on 
is uh is really where it's at and it gets pretty heavy sometimes which is really dope and uh it's just so everybody in this band sings lead there's five guys in this band and at a certain point in this show every single one of them uh takes the lead vocal and uh they they kind of switch off throughout the show and it's it's so fun to watch and so engaging and uh just uh i don't know there was there was just a a very cool energy to it and uh just the way that you know that they introduce each other's songs and uh they seem to uh just be invested in everybody's ideas and and the tunes that they are uh bringing to the band um john just kills it on the drums he plays this this tiny set no rack toms no bullshit. He doesn't need it. And he's just back there crushing it. And, uh, yeah, like I said, everybody in this band is just a, a ridiculous musician. Uh, Patrick just laying it down on the sax. I've never seen somebody play saxophone and keys at the same time. Just one hand on the sax, one hand on the keys. Uh, a, just a very impressive show. And uh, they... They closed the thing out with, uh, I mean, before taking the stage for their encore, of course. But uh, right before that, they did something really cool. They all came off stage, and they played an acoustic jam and had a little sing-along in the crowd. Every single person in the band came down, and uh, they just uh, had this very cool sing-along and uh, definitely a memorable moment of the show, something that uh, I don't think that you forget. So I think that was uh, a big takeaway from the show was just that that moment, just these, you know, they're out there with acoustic guitars, the horns are still happening, but uh, just right there in the middle of everybody, just, just like if it was uh, a sing-along at a party and... Uh, just a, a killer way to engage with the crowd and and uh but this whole show the whole show was just incredible and uh I just kind of had a smile I couldn't stop smiling most of the time there was there was so much going on and and so many cool parts all the new music that they're playing is uh is really nasty and uh, I'm stoked to stoked to share this conversation with y'all that I got to have with the fellas from the Rad Trads. I, I got to hang out with uh, John, who is who is the drummer of the band, and uh, Mike Big Red, who holds down the, the bass, and then uh, Alden, who plays guitar in the band. They all uh, jumped on the mics with me, so it was a, it was a super fun hang. I'm, I'm glad we got to, got to chat it up, and, and shout out to... Michael, the trumpet player, so nasty on the trumpet, just getting down up there, um, and and just a really nice dude, and uh, Patrick, who I mentioned earlier, holding it down uh, on the keys and the sax, but but also uh, bringing bringing those lead vocals as well. So just a a really fun show. I can't uh, I can't recommend seeing this band enough they are on tour all over the nation they're doing the thing 
And uh, I will put all the links in the episode notes so that that folks can can keep up with them and, and follow along. I'll put their Instagram in there and whatnot. But uh, just to, to give a shout to some of these dates, on July 20th and 21st, if you're in the Vancouver, B.C. area, they're playing Vancouver Folk Festival. And then they will be uh, in Seattle on July 24th. In Lapine, Oregon, on July 26th, and uh, they're in San Francisco on July 27th, and in LA on the 31st of July. There's tons of more dates after that, so uh, check them out if you're in a different city. This the show crushes. It won't it won't disappoint. So if if they're coming through town, just just don't miss it, all right? They've got some records available to check out on online on all the streaming platforms, and uh, we're going to feature a few jams from uh, from On Tap, which is their most recent record, and uh, we're going to get into it. We're going to get into episode 171. Do not forget to leave your iTunes reviews, people. Can't stress the importance of it enough. Um and uh, I appreciate everybody tuning into this thing, checking it out, giving it a run. If uh, if you're jumping on board because you're a Rad Trads fan, thank you for uh, checking out the show. And and I encourage you to to go back and and check out some other episodes. There's there's plenty plenty there for you to to backtrack on. And uh, I will put the links to to follow up with me as well on all the social medias and all that jazz and uh but we're gonna do the thing we're gonna do it right now episode 171 the rad trads are on the show and we are kicking it off with the first track off of that uh that on tap record this is good luck unto you let's do it Good luck unto you Who 
ready to jump into this thing. We're ready. The Rad Trads, all the way from uh, Brooklyn, New York. Correct. BKNY. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you for uh, taking the time to hang. I've Thank been, you for uh, us. I've been geeking out on the, uh, on the records, uh -huh. and uh, I'm uh, super stoked to see you guys play at the Doug Fur here tonight. This is one of my favorite venues in town. So Yeah, it's super cool. Yeah, we're happy to be here. It's got a real real Twin Peaks vibe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially with the, the overcast day and everything. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's uh, spooky. A little summer bit. hasn't arrived apparently yeah. here yet, but... Uh, it's kind of nice though, actually. I feel like Portland in the summer, like I've kind of almost only been here in the summer and it's always so nice. So it's I feel perfect. like I'm getting like the experience that everyone talks about where it's kind of gray and overcast. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's. I'm done with it for yeah. now. <laughs> like, I'm ready, I understand. I'm, if you I'm, live here, ready, you might yeah, feel ready for some sun. You know, like yeah. we don't we don't need the yeah, clouds anymore. The, yeah. Um, for these few months. But yeah, let let's just uh, let's jump into how how did the the rad treads? How did you all start playing music together? Um, well, we met in college. All of us except for John, who is Mike's brother. So he got in through nepotism. <laughs> just kidding no he's fabulous it's cool it's cool yeah <laughs> no uh yeah we met in college and started playing like uh like a bar band we wanted to put together a bar band to basically play in all these places and for free beer basically and started there and just organically became what it is now through some like personnel changes years and years of playing all different types of shows music evolving over the years it was def. It was. I, they all went to NYU, and I went to uh, Eastman School of Music, which is about a five and a half hour drive away. And um, but it was definitely the scenario was like the group of guys that liked similar music and were into the same kind of stuff at NYU. So it wasn't you know like just how those kind of groups of people kind of naturally form. That was definitely. It was. We started out as seven or eight eight guys, eight and eight. so it was definitely like was the eight guys who were then. A year of each other um who were into the same kind of stuff and like-minded in terms of having fun on the weekend and whatever kind of stuff so yeah everybody was just kind of like into the the bluesy rock and roll the soulful yeah kind of good time music in, in the beginning it was even more like sort of trad jazz it was sort of like rowdy drunken trad jazz <laughs> there's a whole big trad jazz um thing in new york is there one in portland too uh, I think there is, but it's a small community. There's people like really in, they get really into the 20s thing and like recreating. And I think we recognized that that was a thing going on and people like that. And then we went for it, but like the most bastardized, half ass way of interpreting, like we were not about doing it the quote unquote correct way or like by the book that other people were in New York. It was like, oh, here's this thing that's fun and we like this music. And then it was just. You know, I think that's something about us as people like when we sing or we play something, it's none of us are real like kind of copycat kind of musicians that always we have our own voices and it kind of comes out like us in a way. Um, yeah, but it definitely started jazzier. It's a way to get gigs. Yeah. <laughs> when, when did uh, so when you guys first started playing, was there were you playing under the name the Rad Trads? Yeah. Or like yeah. from the get go. And so when does it kind of start to take more of this form where? You're writing kind of more of these these rock and roll tunes with the big hooks and everything. Well, we started, I think John and I almost tied for the first song brought in. And we were just this rowdy band that played. We had this four-hour gig in Hoboken 
like every other Thursday for a long time at a place called Pilsner House. It's kind of, and we kind of needed material. Uh, and so I brought in a song or two. John brought in a song uh, and started singing. And at that point, he was playing uh, Standing Snare and uh, tambourine. tambourine and stuff. And our buddy Jamie was playing drums. Yeah. So double drums, double percussion vibes. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I just started doing that. And then it became clear that other people wanted to write and bring songs in and start singing. And uh, we had a couple personnel changes and other people sort of blossomed into the role of everyone being the lead singer, you know, the Round Robins. Yeah. And it's funny. I, I'm reading um, Keith Richards' book right now. And... Uh, it's really funny because I thought of, had thought about this before, but I hadn't thought about it for a while. But I feel like the band, in a weird way, kind of lived out the same trans, like the th- like the Rolling Stones started because they were just trying to copy Chicago blues music and and whatever. And I, I feel like we kind of lived in a very short succession, like all the same thing. Like okay, I can get really into jazz and like twenties jazz or thirties jazz kind of things straight into the like how that turned into New Orleans music in the 60s. And then we were really into that, which like there's this inevitable lead if you get into Dr. John that you'll like find the band and then oh, yeah. find the Rolling Stones. Rest and then, in peace, Dr. And John. And then, yeah, right, R.I.P., one, yeah. uh, one of our big heroes. But like, so I feel like we kind of live that, oh, you can write an original song and we can all sing. Like that's kind of not so far away. And then start going that route. There's also a big um, song community in... Um, uh, in New York that we started falling into, like we started making friends with people who were in the Americana um, songwriter scene, and so yeah, me that kind of coincided a little bit as we had we had been writing songs on our own, but then when you start to meet other songwriters, it gives you a little more fuel to keep writing songs and that kind of stuff. So yeah, for sure. I mean, good luck unto you was was the first track I heard from your guys's band and. I know John, you're on the you're on the vocal on that one, and yeah, uh, just immediately got the band vibes, you For know, sure. right away. And I mean, I feel like I feel like John is kind of this this hybrid of Levon and Springsteen hey. all at the same time, you know, like doing doing the singing drummer thing. And Ask I'm him gonna, who he likes. I'm gonna take a recording of you saying that and just play it over and over again to myself before <laughs> I go to bed every night. No, I dude, wake up. and and uh, I'm always very drawn into a drummer's perspective on like vocal takes and, and stuff like that. I just always feel like there's, um, I mean, it's so much more rhythmic, yeah. obviously, like just probably a naturally yeah. thing. Um, when you're writing songs, are, like, are you starting stuff on the kit ever or, or is it um, usually on a melodic instrument for yourself? You know, that's a great question. I think of all this, however many songs I've written, I've never once started it at the drum set. But I, I, I something I would like to do very much. I think it would be really interesting to like come up with, if I got like a multi-track thing like you have here and like come up with a weird beat and then start a song based off that, that would be really fun. I've, I just haven't. I, living in New York, I never have a drum set set up, to be honest. I'm just like... You know, <laughs> it's just a lot logistically. So, are drums yeah. your first instrument? Uh, piano was my first instrument, but drums are, are my. Okay, it's by far the thing I'm so you most have comfortable with. All at. of those is writing tools to add to your to your drumming and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. I've spent a lot of time trying to grow as a guitarist over the however many years, um, these last however many years, because you can carry. It's easy to carry one around, but 
Um, yeah, but aside from just you being on the kit and singing, those those band vibes are kind of there. But I think also just right away, I kind of I felt like it was very much a family band mentality of of listening to the For music, sure. and uh, I think that uh, it just comes across to me that that you all are having a lot of fun with what you're doing, even in the in the recordings. And I think that's kind of hard to achieve sometimes to capture that energy. But I don't know, to me, not knowing you guys at all, it just seems to come across that way. Oh, thank you. Um, that's awesome. yeah. and that's definitely the goal. Yeah, it was that and, and kind of just starting as wanting to play music in bars. I would imagine it's just a really fun group of, of guys that all just really yeah. get along and enjoy playing music. And that, that, that's the part we didn't tell too. Is all which we were all really close friends and just liked being around each other and hanging out. So it just felt natural that way. And then everybody's taking the lead ex on on the vocals except for Michael. He is now. He's yeah, got he's a song. Now. So, so, yeah. He's <laughs> so got a song, now, baby. Now everybody um, yeah. was everybody before they got in this band singing lead in in other projects that no. they had been into no or is one. this just Alden, kind of Alden, Alden was the only person that had even performed live singing to people like for all the rest of us our first time singing in front of people was in this band and Which singing in front of, of each other that's yeah. <laughs> dude that's so cool and now yeah. all of you sing lead yeah, yeah. really amazing and i think that's one of the i think one of the cool things about the band which I could turn into like a bigger, cheesier thing, but like that, I, I feel like for all of us, like seeing, I remember when I started writing songs and singing and performing, like I sounded, first of all, I sounded terrible. Second of all, was that I like really, um, I felt like if I could bring a song in and I was the drummer or one of two drummers that that could like, I, that maybe that would get other people to feel comfortable to bring in songs and try that out too. And that, and I feel like, but that's, and then ever, and other people sing lead and encourage people to sing. I was like, if I can sing, if I can stand up there and pull off a performance singing, then you most certainly can do it. And the, um, the, I feel like that's something that I, uh, like, when other musician friends who haven't sung or written songs, like try to encourage them to get into it or just people in general, like to sing or scared to sing. And obviously you don't want to hear everybody in the world sing, but um, <laughs> you know, I don't, I, I think it's kind of, we live in this culture with like the voice and like the sing off and all this stuff and like all this, like, Oh, I don't have the perfect voice. And it's for me, that's not what it's about at all. So I would rather hear some more unique singers out there than all these perfect voices all the time. Well, it's, I mean, I think it's feel yeah. that comes across as authentic, right? Like sure. that's where the authenticity lives when, when it's all like just feel and not perfection of like who can sing the best necessarily. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mike, did you feel, um, like it was a super open environment to, to kind of test yourself as, as oh, yeah. a lead vocalist? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I would say, I guess I won't really speak for Alden cause he's been singing a lot longer, but the. I feel like all of us started singing because we wanted kind of coming from a compositional place. It was more like I wrote songs and I liked doing that and I wanted to do it with the band and then quickly fell in love with singing. Once you do it, it's a pretty cool feeling. It was very scary at first, but once you start doing it, it's kind of addictive. And, uh, but yeah, it was obviously very supportive. Everyone was, we all learned together. Like John said, I think in the beginning we all sounded a little rough and then slowly learned and, Got better, still getting better, still still working on it. Oh so. yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, and what, did, was it a pretty natural thing that everybody kind of started singing backups right away too, just to kind of be a part of the thing, or did that come along with time as well? With time. I think there were backups. There was a lot of yelling. There was a lot of yelling at first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we were more yellers. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's always been very open and to doing whatever. This band is very, we're not the most like deliberate band in the world we like we have this clear vision and we're going to execute it perfectly it's always just kind of like exploring and trying things out and being open to new things and do you, do you think that that dynamic kind of comes naturally because there are so many songwriters in the band too yeah yeah i think so for sure and i think everyone's really open-minded and respects each other a lot which i think is important you know like yeah yeah who was who was talking about how there's two kinds of musicians there's the and the pants music. The plotters and the pantsers. That's yeah. Yeah. The plotters and I, well, I read I don't some know article this. about uh, about. I think it was talking about Game of Thrones. It was about TV shows, uh-huh. and they were talking about how certain TV shows are either like a plotter or a pantser. Pantser being flying by the seat of your pants. Yeah. Like so, like Lost would be an example of that, where they just keep creating these twists that are impossible to resolve, and then the <laughs> ending is very unsatisfying. And then there's other things where you. They know everything that's going to happen from the beginning. And there's different kinds. And I like to think about musicians that way. I've started doing with everything. All my musician friends I know I now can be like, you're a plotter, you're a pantser. You're like on a spectrum between it. Yeah. Yeah. We're definitely pantsers. And we're trying to become a little more. Well, I'm a plotter. You're a plotter? I'm a plotter. For sure. Collectively, I feel like we're pants. I pretty much know every note I'm going to play all the time. Really? Yeah. I I like it that way. Yeah. So everyone's different, you know. Does but I do, I do feel sometimes lonely you in this those band. Notes. <laughs> so, so, Mike, then how does how does that translate when when you're kind of bringing a song idea to the band? Are you um, a little? Do you kind of have an idea of where you want the song to go? And I I do. Like I said, I'm op- absolutely open to whatever. But I think I usually come in with like parts, and sometimes they don't work, and will adjust. And definitely after playing a long time, everything adjusts. But uh, yeah, I think I, I usually, when I bring in a tune, know what I want people to play. I would have to say for me as a drummer, I think Mike's being a plotter has helped me tremendously because I was 1,000% pants. <laughs> and uh, I've really grown a lot. And, I, and it's always something like that's a place for me to keep going to grow, like switching over to the plotter side and trying to think that way and trying to plan that way. And then trying to come back and like, if I feel like I need some more, like I can lean on the pants sometimes because that's going to come naturally and easy for me, you know, but yeah. to try and really grow on the plotting sides help, helps me bring out whatever, if I can find any quality in the pants side. Well, when you come from a jazz background, jazz is a 100% pantsing music. Maybe not 100%, but 85% pantsing. I feel like that's why jazz music- musicians like play jazz because yeah, they're, yeah. they are a pants musician. That's, and they that's an interesting play. question. Is like, are they pantsers because they play jazz or do they play jazz because uh, they're pantsers? <laughs> <laughs> Man. I don't know. I mean, I feel like 171 episodes deep, Mike. That's, like pretty, that's a pretty fucking great question. Uh, no, but I think, yeah, we all come from that perspective. So everyone, it's very improvisational, the band, for sure. Has has there been a song that someone's brought to the band um, that they didn't end up singing lead on? Or is it kind of always a thing, if you brought the song in, you're probably singing the, the song? Or has there been a time where you, you said, hey, John's voice might sound better on this song I wrote? Or 
something like that happen yet? We're trying to get there. Yeah. I think, yeah. yeah. We'll probably There's get definitely there. some songs that other people sing that I'd like to sing, I think, and maybe vice versa. <laughs> well, and Mike, yeah. we mentioned Mike sings a song now, and that, yeah. but he doesn't write songs, at least not yet. Hopefully he will So someday. that's kind of that that instance then? Yeah, so yeah. John wrote a song that that actually he had, has recorded on a solo record, which you can find that version if you want, John Fadham's solo record. But uh, Mike sings it in this band. Nice. So, Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, we're definitely one of the cool things about the band and also being pantsers and whatever is that I feel like we're at just at the tip of the iceberg of where, where we can go musically. And so as we um, kind of like figure out more processes, like we're in a phase now where we're going to be bringing in, we are bringing in more, a lot more songs in a, at a faster rate than we have been just to try them out and see what happens. So I think that'll be really interesting to see how that affects our process and um, and growing and, and figuring and we've been singing a lot more harmony or doing things like well maybe we should add have a unison vocal and like figuring out that kind of stuff and um, yeah it's cool it's exciting yeah and you guys do some shifting around as far because a lot of you are multi-instrumentalists uh, you guys we, do some shifting around where, where you jump behind really we no? don't really on we've we have started we do sometimes do an acoustic number at the end where All I right. might come and play that's where, I'm, that's where I misinform I myself. <laughs> I watched that paste, that oh, paste okay. session yeah. earlier today, which yeah. is really dope. And uh, the newer songs that you guys play on there are great. I'm stoked to see some of those tonight during the set. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're definitely capable of doing, like when we do these So Far Sound shows, these more intimate things, we switch it up for sure. Cool. But not so much within a set. We'll, we'll, we won't really switch instruments. And it could be, I mean, I think we'll see what happens, but it could be a cool place for us to go down the road if we end up doing like a tour that's more like an acoustic show type tour playing the right you know room that rooms that are more tight for that and do that versus doing the big electric set or whatever um you know i think we're open to we definitely can all play a bunch of different instruments so which which just makes it i mean that's so rad for the creative process that yeah, yeah, for sure. Alden plays sousaphone, tuba. <laughs> on, I'm trying on every record to have a little tuba. So far, so far, the so far, so two good. full lengths. That's probably the tuba. coolest double that anybody anybody has. Yeah. Yep. Mike We're, sounds pretty good on mandolin, which is not the easiest instrument. Mike's also a great guitarist. So. Yeah, guitar is Mike's first instrument. Yeah, yeah. I play and guitar. then and then Patrick plays a bunch of different. Yeah, he does the heavy yeah. lifting in the live the keys and the sax, keys and then and he's sax. singing a lot of the, on the new songs, right? Is yeah, that, yeah, sings like a he's lot. Got yeah. Some of the new jams, um, for sure. Well, cool. Let's uh, let's hop into one of these these songs off of uh, on tap, which is uh, the most recent record you guys put out. And mm -hmm. uh, Alden, I was super stoked that you came over here to join this conversation late in the game. I didn't know you were going to join us, but I was stoked because. Uh, my Place is my favorite song on the record, uh, and uh, that's the jam we're going to jump into right now. So this is, uh, this is the Rat Trads with My Place. Just for you, just for you. 
So this song, that, that song, My Place, I feel like has just like the most bitchin' attitude like behind it. And uh, yeah, it's just super fat. And I feel like it's one of the songs that's like most um, different from the first record you guys put out. You know, it's, I feel like it leans more into like, the, I don't know, even some of the like the synthy, like late 70s, early 80s rock and roll kind of vibe to it. Um, but yeah, I just I just love that jam and that first guitar break in the song where you go off on the guitar solo is just like absolutely ridiculous. And there's there's just so many like dope musical breaks during that song, just where everybody's doing their thing. Thanks, man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, there wasn't really a question in there. But, uh, Did you see the music video? I didn't see the video yet. 
I will encourage the folks and myself though right now to check out the music video. Yeah, we're pretty proud of the music video. It's uh, it's shot in your favorite Swedish furniture store, oh, Gorilla style. That's the IKEA. The IKEA. Yeah, yeah. yeah I haven't checked it out yet. Um, I did watch you guys' jam in the van, which is really awesome. And oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll, I just love like I don't know. I feel like that's one of those songs too, where maybe like some of the just the pure fun and the goofy mentality of this band kind of comes out in a song like that, especially with the, like some of the vocal narration towards the end just yeah. gets like oh, yeah. as specific as like, bring me the herbal tea. Yeah. With the, like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just like the, the small details in that are just, just very cool. Hello. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It just seems like throughout, like the interesting thing to me is there, there's so many different songwriters in the band, but there, there seems to be like such a cohesive sound amongst the, all of you. And is it, I don't know. It seems like there is like a very uplifting, like some of the songs have, have some, you know, some heavy heartedness to them, but I feel like it's done in a way where it's, it's very like, oh, well, like, things are going to get better um, and it's pretty lighthearted. Yeah. And, and <laughs> yeah. that's, I don't know. It just seems to, that seems to flow like yeah. throughout the band. Is that like fair to say that everybody's pretty laid back and just, yeah, for sure. I think, yeah. and I think we're all like that as people, but also if, uh, I think definitely if, if that our way we play together would, would give almost any song some levity to it, <laughs> you know, even if it was just really dark, it probably would have <laughs> yeah. some levity. Yeah. Um, I think it also has to do with our our live show, and this is not to say that this couldn't change, but our live shows, I feel like the thing we're sort of, if you want the real Rad Trads experience, you kind of have to see it live, and it's just a high energy, fun kind of thing, and I think it would feel a little strange to to put like a, a downer in it, you know, and even like all the, all this, we have sad stuff, like you yeah. said, but it's like, there's usually some sort of humor or some sort of right. levity to it, I don't know. Yeah, I just thought, I just think that's such like so interesting since there are so many you know cooks in the kitchen and but sure. everybody seems to ha- have like be on that kind of same wavelength and everything and a lot a lot of us have like side projecty stuff too or like solo projects and I feel like that's oftentimes there I think we we do like to push the band into new territory but there's also sort of a, this feels like a rad trad song that we can bring this to the band and then maybe there's other stuff we hold back and explore on our own. Yeah. Um, how do you guys kind of, is there a way that you guys manage having so many songwriters or is it just kind of like if some, someone's hot and has got a song, you just like let it ride. It doesn't really matter if it's like John's brought three songs in a row, just kind of see what happens or classic is there, John. Is there kind of like some, <laughs> some managing that has to happen as far as like creating the balance? This is a new question for us because usually we go kind of round robin. People bring in songs, and you know whoever has a song usually brings it in. But there's a just generally gone like everybody kind of brings a semi equal amount of songs as of late. But uh, lately we're kind of in a position where we're uh, trying to explore as writers and bring as many songs as possible in. So. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be an interesting kind of shift, and who knows if it'll translate to the the live show right away. But for the live show, we definitely we try to make it pretty even among all the singers. Yeah, um, so and it's yeah. funny because uh, I think like 
if there, if there are people who might have like if they have like a vested interest in us like financially if you're whatever business people they they might be like you know you should think about maybe you know you, you don't have to do an even amount of whatever but i think for us artistically like that feels really cool that i think the only from my perspective that that's the reason we're still going and like can trudge through is like that we all get to share um the spotlight and it i think it helps it just i don't i don't i've never seen another band that does that personally um around now where is they're singing an equal amount of lead between the different people i think it's really cool and it and it's something different and um it people are going to have their favorite like for everyone has a different favorite song of our fans and different favorite moments and i think that's really favorite cool to trend. be able to provide them that you know yeah. And the cute one. No, no. Yeah. The red treads kissing. I don't know what booth you guys are, but I'm the cute one. Alden, Alden has like the least fur when kissing. <laughs> Just kidding. He's got a big old beard. Um, I have to tell them because it's a radio. <laughs> it's cool though that you guys are like, open, like, I don't know, just like invested in exploring that too. And just like you were saying, you know, just kind of trying to bring as many songs to the table now and just kind of workshopping those together and. Well, the beauty of having five people who sing and write songs too is you don't have to like to make an album. Yeah, we everyone sings like two or three songs, so we've never had an issue of like this guy's not holding holding his weight, you know, yeah. pulling his weight. Can so relieve some of that, it's that like pressure we, a little it's not bit. That, there's not that much pressure to write lots of songs. So yeah, I think it's not like everyone's voices are nice and different from each other. It's not like one of us is like Adele and like you know just each time that comes on, everyone just like loses. It. Like that's kind of cool too. If that would be kind of a weird thing. I mean, you know, I don't know. I think that's kind of what's nice is it's just it feels music it feels appropriate musically you know if it didn't then we probably wouldn't be doing it yeah it doesn't feel like anybody's a power like no one person in this band is is a powerhouse and and it does seem to like have that mentality as well of just like no one is bigger than the thing itself yeah exactly that's a good way to put it um yeah and and like you you mentioned mentioned earlier just you know there's there's nothing like seeing your band live you know, in comparison to the records, but I just think you guys did such an awesome job of capturing oh, thanks, that man. energy on this most recent record. It, thanks, like, man. it really does have like a lot, a very live feel t- to me, and I really enjoyed the first record as well. But it just seemed like you guys kind of just took it to the next level with with this batch of tunes. And I don't know if it's just because those songs lend themselves more to like some heavier guitars and whatnot than maybe the first record did, but mm-hmm. Um, like wishing well, I think is a great example. Like how that song goes off at the end, and like when that last drum fill hits, and then that's you singing on that one. Oh, it's Patrick. Is that Patrick? Yeah. See, that's how cohesive it is. <laughs> but there is times like that where I'm like, is yeah. this John or Patrick? You know, like yeah, like the know, Beatles. Or, so yeah. that, that's very cool. But like, yeah, when he screams at the end, and then everything kind of goes off. Like I think that's yeah. a killer example of, you know, just kind of that live atmosphere. Well, and that's like a, that's definitely that arrangement came about from playing live. I mean, I yeah. feel like if you were making a record, you wouldn't make that choice to have that crazy drum break. Yeah, but it's we, we figured out from playing. We're like, well, that would that would kill. There's yeah. just this break and this insane drum fill, and you know that's a great moment in the set. People usually kind of lose it. So very Tusk inspired. Definitely, our our live show influences the arrangements. Yeah. Um, 
and I would imagine you guys just do as much live tracking as possible and not do too many overdubs to help with capturing the energy as well. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's we're, we're also only at the tip of the iceberg of exploring our um, creative process, but I definitely think that the live aspects of playing together are some of the most magical. Like Mike said, we're more uh, pantsers, not plotters. And I think if you're a pantser, like, you probably want to capture um, the live energy rather than like piecing every little part together like the perfect way. Because that's just if you're if yeah if that's your your skill set is like when you have are connecting together and putting it on tape like and that's where the magic comes from. Then you you don't want to shy away from that in the studio. For sure, but uh, I think we're all really interested in exploring like different sounds and different recording techniques and um and really open-minded to like we're not just like oh i just want to have it be what it sounds live like what it sounds like live we want it we want to we really want to explore the studio and different instruments and orchestration and all that kind of stuff so um i understand that the city of new york has changed a lot i've, I've never been but um do you guys feel like being in that environment is extremely like influential to creating just being immersed in so many different cultures and just so much stuff going on around you i'd say for sure yeah and so yeah. many amazing musicians that's really the, the biggest thing is just the number of incredible musicians doing at the top of their game of whatever they're doing and it's it's really really inspiring yeah, I just know like the Beastie Boys. They're always whenever yeah, yeah. talked about, they they were just always talking about how influential just being around that city and just you know taking a walk could oh, yeah. completely change the creative process for the day. So yeah, yeah. There, there's an energy for sure. Right on. Buzz. The New York musicians have you have a certain, you know, it's like a New York person. I guess it's just you have a certain energy or a certain place you can go. That's like, yeah. Who is it? Those things very intense musically and very. Yeah, I don't know. There's someone that said that what they're like you can tell you can tell from listening to a musician if they lived in New York or not. And yeah, it was, was Julian, and it was really interesting. He was this is our friend Julian, who's a Julian Pollock, amazing musician who just moved out to L.A. J3PO, <laughs> uh, and he was sort of saying, which I thought was really interesting. He was like, you can tell musicians have spent time in New York, or or when you leave New York, you notice that musicians have slightly worse time, which I always thought was kind of interesting. I don't know if that's like a just uh, in terms of how uh, the quality of musicianship or if it's something about living there and this rhythmic urban thing, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's an intensity thing too. Yeah. Like your ability, like you, the intensity with which you are able to like play the beat. Like there's a certain feeling like it could all end any moment. I don't know. I, for New York, it's like super intense. You're like, man, am I going to get evicted tomorrow? Am I going to get, you know? <laughs> and when you have it all on the line like that, it's kind of... You're, I feel like you are, you can play the beat in a way that's has that in it somehow. Yeah, and I would imagine, I mean, you cut your teeth in a place like that, it kind of makes you feel like if you can like succeed in that environment, then probably makes you feel feel good moving forward and moving into other places as well. And I was regular. paraphrasing, but that's that's a song lyric right there. Yeah, if you can make it there, <laughs> you can make it anywhere. Um, it's a zoo. Yeah, <laughs> it's a zoo. Yeah. Uh, what what's uh, what do you guys have shaking right now? Do you is there a bunch of tunes in the can already? I don't know. You're playing. How many new tunes are you gonna play tonight? That's not 
on the a two lot. records. Mostly, yeah. mostly stuff, stuff that's not on Oh, hell yeah. yeah. I'm super stoked yeah. for the show then. That's the beauty of not being like super famous or it's like you don't have to play the record people now. <laughs> <laughs> you can just play whatever you want to play. Yeah. So no, that's is, very that cool. is an interesting that's a, I've noticed in different artists that philosophy of either like seen some of my favorite artists recently where they're playing all new stuff on stage and then there's other people who like they won't even let you get a glimpse of a song until the album's out so we're definitely on the, the pants side well like you said too <laughs> it's like super important to your creative process and, and figuring out what actually yeah, works exactly so when you do get in the studio you, you've already like fleshed it out so totally. many times in front of a crowd and whatnot Totally. So yeah, if we just played the same old songs all the time, it wouldn't. Maybe if we went into the studio for the new ones, we wouldn't be as prepared. Well, I appreciate you guys hanging out with me and taking the time. Our know, pleasure. Thanks for having us. Before you hit the stage tonight, um, I encourage people to, you know, follow you all on your your social medias. And I know you're on a big tour right now, and tons of dates to hit. So, you know, find the the rad trads all over the nation right now, and and sometimes all over the world. You guys have had the opportunity to get out to like Europe and and China a little bit. Yeah, China. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll put all the links in the episode notes so people can can follow up with you guys and awesome. and yeah. keep up there. Uh, we end every episode of the podcast with the uh, the guest saying the tagline for the show, which is "It's a program." So uh, <laughs> if we could get the rad trads, it's a program. We can uh, we can properly <coughs> sail this thing out. It's a program. You nailed it. That's the Rad Trads, everybody. Thank you guys for hanging. Um, we're going to play it out with, uh, with Thumbtack. Yeah, Thumbtack. Right on. One of a, one of Big Red songs here. It's one of mine, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Big country. Um, and uh, yeah, this is off the, the On Tap record. And in both records are available on the Spotify's. And I encourage people to check out the Jam in the Van. And the, the Pace thing was super cool. If they want to see like more of a stripped down performance all those tons of stuff out there you guys have a bunch of live content which always is always be content is awesome we've got yes. a patreon if somebody oh yeah wants we to gotta plug the patreon oh, we just yeah. started a patreon yeah. month five dollars a month we will give you all the content all the and content there's a lot of content a lot of secret videos and stuff you know? <laughs> we like secret stuff you guys we are filming a bunch this morning yeah yeah lots of tour videos yeah. oh yeah <laughs> tour videos <laughs> random songs and recordings yeah. of us playing songs other Asking each other questions in interviews. a hot tub. We've said, we've said too much. Oh, we've said too much. Well, no, actually, who knows what's out there? <laughs> you guys have lived up to your name. You guys are fucking rad. I'm super stoked to see you guys play music tonight, and uh, I appreciate the hang. And um, yeah, we're playing it out with Thumbtack, and that's the Jelly Jams. We will catch you on the flip side, Portland. Baby, if you come back, trick me with the Thumbtack, hit me with the great bigger stone that you can. Punch me with a clenched fist, overcook my breakfast, darling, if you come on back, Darling, if you come home and do whatever you want, you know you won't be hearing no fuss about it. Two rocks of deep dirt, begging till my knees hurt, baby. If you come on back home, darling, can't you hear the nights start quiet? Can't you feel the days cold? I can feel it coming on like a riot, darling. Won't you come on back home?
yeah, nothing in my life's clear I don't even know the first thing about living I'm a truck without a trailer, suit without a tailor Baby, won't you come on back home? Darling, can't you hear the night start quiet? Can't you feel the days cold? I can feel it coming on like a riot Darling, won't you come on back home? Baby, can't you hear the night start quiet? Can't you feel the days cold? I can feel it coming on like a riot Darling, won't you come on back home? It's a program.